Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW Saturday, May 8th show. You can also listen to our podcast or Facebook premiere show at 3 p.m. tomorrow. I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. And if you've noticed, we're missing our host today. I was gone last week because I had a new baby boy on the 24th. And Tina is on a trip. So solo last week for her and solo this week for me. As always, though, we're bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests we have on the show today. Please call the Money Hour at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 or online at the Money Hour. And our lineup for today's show. Today, we will have a panel conversation with our guest, Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformation, LLC, and Vanessa Linenberger, excuse me, I, I promise I'll get that right the rest of the show, uh, Mindful <laughs> Smart Finance. Uh, we'll also uh, get a chance to have a conversation individually with Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformation. And the last segment, we will be spending some time with Vanessa uh, of Mindful Smart Finance. Great information, great guests in studio today. For more information on any topics to Discussed, please call the show at 1 855 400 1150 or online at the money hour. And now, as we do every single week, we're going to start out with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Well, Tina's gone this week, and she usually covers all the technical analysis of the market with her money chats. And since we don't have her, I figured I'd take it on today. So the ADP employment report showed that there were 742,000 jobs created in the month of April, which was slightly lower than the 800,000 expected. March's report was revised higher by 38,000 from 517 to 565,000. Leisure and hospitality led the way with 237,000 jobs. In total, the service sector added 600. 36,000 new jobs, goods producing industries added 106, manufacturing 55,000, and construction added 41,000. Large companies uh, made up 277,000, small businesses 235, and medium businesses added 230,000 jobs. Friday, we're going to get in a very and actually more important VLS jobs report with estimates looking for almost a million jobs created. And we're looking forward to seeing this because where we land uh, could really affect where we are with pricing as far as mortgages right now. So the Mortgage uh, Bankers Association released their mortgage application data showing that overall application volume has decreased by 0.9%. Purchases were down 3%, but are up 24% from this time last year. However, that was when things were shut down, and so it does not reflect a real year over to over, obviously because of COVID. Also, I believe that the lack of inventory has also had these numbers down 
down as really it's tough out there in this market. Nailing down a house right now based on the super low inventory that we have has proven really difficult for most. But don't get discouraged because I'm telling you, I, I see deals come across my desk every single day. It's just circumstantial and the right one will come. Refinances were basically flat, point, uh, down 0.2% last week and declined a, and a decline of 17% year over year. That's understandable because a huge chunk of people took advantage of the new low rates once COVID hit and already refinanced. There was a huge surge of refinances and it definitely slowed down a little bit. Interest rates are 25 basis points or roughly a quarter percent lower than this time last year. Remember the NBA uh, rate is for last week and always includes a fraction of points in the rates. We will likely see this differential continue to dwindle and eventually be higher now than it was last uh, year in the coming weeks. And as far as I'm, uh, as far as I'm doing, and the things I'm doing with my clients currently, I'm currently I'm currently floating my clients, and uh, the reason being is because we broke above the 103.752 Fibonacci level. Uh, this gives us the green light to continue higher until we reach the 100-day moving average. And quite frankly, as of today, it's continued up that trend, and we're not far away from that 100-day moving average, believe it or not. So, in other words, we may have room for improvement with rates if what we used to be, uh, what we used to call the ceiling, we broke through and now it acts as a floor. And I don't remember, you might remember from your old economics classes, Fibonacci levels, floors and ceilings, maybe not, I don't know, but, um, but that's where we are as far as pricing is concerned. And that's what I'm doing with my clients. The jobs report Friday could be big news as uh, it will help It'll either hurt us or it'll help us in the right direction with these with the floor um, and possibly ceiling that's coming up. That's big news when it comes to when it comes to pricing and, and um, where we're going to be. Going in the important reports of last week in April, we were showered with all kinds of economic data across a wide spectrum of the economy. Inflation at the consumer level is warming this spring as the Fed's favorite inflation measure, personal consumption expenditures, rose even more than it expected in March. Rising inflation can impact both mortgage bonds and home loans, which are tied to them. And we've spoke about that in previous money chats. It's interesting because earlier this week, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that rates may need to rise to, the, to stop the economy from overheating, which deepened the sell-off in stocks. She then completely flipped the script and said that she sees no inflation brewing and that we may not need to rise rate or to raise rates. So we don't get it, Janet. Which way are we going here? I'm pretty sure that we know where we're going, but unfortunately, I don't know if Janet thinks or knows where we're going. Um, home price gains remain strong nationwide. The Case-Shiller Home Price Index, which is uh, considered the gold standard for appreciation, showed home prices rose 12% year over year in February, a 15-year high. And my home personally went up 16%. So depending on where you live, there's great appreciation going on right now. The Federal Housing Finance Agency also released their house price index, which measures home price appreciation on single-family homes with conforming loan amounts. Prices for these homes were also up 12.2% in February when compared to the same time last year. Demand for homes remained strong as well. Pending home sales, which measures signed contracts on existing homes, increased by 1.9% in March, snapping two consecutive months of decline. That's kind of exciting. However, the real story here remains low inventory, which is down 28% year over year, making the increase in March even more impressive. The latest jobless uh, the latest jobless claims figures show that the number of people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time declined by 13,000 in the latest week, bringing the total to 553. 
thousand. However, the previous week's total was revised higher, which essentially negated the improvement. When factoring in the number of people continuing to receive both regular and pandemic-related benefits, there are still 16.5 million people receiving benefits throughout the all programs. However, there are signs that our economy is improving, as the first reading for the first quarter domestic product came in at 6.4%, which was in line with the estimates and a strong number. The $900 billion stimulus plan that passed in December was certainly contributed to that strong reading. We should expect a second uh, quarter GDP to be even stronger after the $1.9 trillion, that's crazy to me, trillion stimulus plan that was passed at the end of March. Lastly, the Fed held its regularly scheduled Federal Open Market Committee meeting. They left the pace of their purchase of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries unchanged, which was good news to us because we know if that pace slows, that we'll dramatically see increases in rates, but to be continued. They also left the Fed funds rate, which is the benchmark rate at which banks lend money to each other overnight unchanged. The Fed also reiterated that they believe any increase in inflation this spring will be transitory. Transitory meaning short-lived, which I'm not sure I agree with, uh, with that considering the situation we're in with the money being thrown out to the economy, but we'll see. It's interesting times right now, and some would say unprecedented. However, don't fear people. Those that I put faith in as far as mentors and experts all agree that supply is really low, demand is really high, and the market is going to stay strong for years to come. So don't let that freak you out. Um, you know, the, the market's going to do what it's going to do, and it looks pretty bright. So uh, that's our money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, panel conversation with Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformations, LLC, and Vanessa Lindenberger of Mindful uh, Smart Finance right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 8th show. You can also listen to our podcast or Facebook premiere show. I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey, as I suggested earlier, riding solo without Tina today. It's a great day to talk about money, and that's what this show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. That's 1-855-411-50 or online at the Money Hour. And now on our show, panel conversation with Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformations and Vanessa Lindenberger of Mindful Smart Finance right here on 1150 AM. Welcome, Cherry and Vanessa. Thank you guys so much for joining us on our show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're excited to have you both. Now, before we get started with our panel conversation, I want to share a little bit about both of you with our listeners. And I'm going to start with Cherry and then a little bit about Vanessa. 
Cheryl Neal, the oldest daughter of entertainer Pat Boone, grew up singer with her uh, grew up singing with her three sisters on TV and on stage nationally and internationally. She recorded several albums with her sister and wrote some of the songs featured on them, including a song that appeared on her sister Debbie Boone's album containing the hit song, You Light Up My Life. Cherry had a serious 10-year battle with anorexia and bulimia as a teen and a young adult before eating disorders were well known and was able to recover with therapy. She wrote about her recovery in the New York Times bestseller, Starving for Attention, and was able to offer help and hope to its multitude of readers. She is a mother of five adult children, grandmother to three, and wife of Dan O'Neill, founder of Mercy Corps for 45 years. How cool. Um, and moving on to Vanessa, Vanessa Lindenberger of Mindful Smart Finance. Uh, she's also a first-time guest. Vanessa is a CPA and financial coach. Her mission is to help individuals and business owners to live a life they love without financial stress or feeling overwhelmed. Vanessa works with women to provide clarity and confidence to make wise decisions that align with their most important goals and priorities. Vanessa has worked in corporate accounting for over 10 years and received her CPA in 2016. She loves working with numbers and understands the story they tell, but even more so loves helping others find power in those numbers as well. Vanessa started Mindfully, excuse me, Mindfully Smart Finance to encourage other women to take control of their finances. She created a community for women to have a safe space to discuss and ask questions about money free of judgment. How cool as well. So happy to have you guys here. So uh, we're going to jump into our panel conversation and I'm going to start with you, Cherry. What okay. brought you into your line of work? Well, I think, you know, being a mother, you kind of uh, have like firsthand real life experience uh, with coaching. Uh, my, my position right now is uh, the owner of Active Transformation. I do personal coaching in pursuit of purpose, passion, and potential. That's my tagline. And, uh, you know, coming through my own difficulties with my eating disorder, uh, learning a lot about psychology and about, uh, you know, overcoming difficult challenges in life and how to be resilient and, and work through and overcome those things. Uh, plus, having my five kids and dealing with them and their, the challenges that they faced in their lives, including ADD, ADHD, some mood disorder issues, a couple of kids that struggled with addiction. Um, my husband suffered a very serious depression with PTSD from some of the things that he saw traveling around the world, helping people um, and working through all of those things, experiencing those things and learning how to face them, address them, and hopefully overcome them. That gave me a love for helping people, but I was introduced to the idea of coaching when my youngest daughter was at a, a boarding school. She had some behavioral issues that were kind of beyond us to deal with, and so we were looking for answers, and it wasn't the place where you go and just drop your kid off and say, okay, fix her. I'll, I'll pick her up when she's, you know, when she's done. No, it was very family-oriented and very family-involved, and I just resonated with everything I learned as part of that, uh, that experience. Um, there were conferences, workshops, and I just signed up for everything that came along. And one of the things that came along was uh, a coaching academy. And I thought, well, this would be great to add to my toolbox because I was very involved in helping young people in our community through our church youth group and through the various PTSA roles that I had played while my kids were growing up. 
And I really had a, a passion for helping young people. And so I thought, well, I would love to take this class or this, this course, not knowing that it was really designed to help people start their own coaching business. So I kind of wow. stepped into it, wanting to learn the material and ending up with starting a business that dovetailed perfectly into saying goodbye to my youngest daughter when she graduated from high school and mm -hmm. not having to go through that kind of depressing empty nest. Now, what do I do? I already <laughs> had it in place and I was ready yeah. to go. So that's what got me started. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, they say you, uh, you know, you don't get more than you can handle and you are obviously a clearly a warrior because you were handed a lot. And in all of that, I think where you add the most value to people in life as, especially as a coach is what you've experienced and all that scar tissue that you have and the perseverance that you've had to get through that you've had a ton of experience and that's served you and now you can serve others. So that's really awesome. Cherry. What about you, exactly. Vanessa? What have, uh, what brought you into your line of work? Yeah. So growing up was never the person that if you asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never had an answer. I absolutely hated that question. So I've <laughs> always been a little bit like passionless or I've felt that way anyways. Um, I've been with my husband uh, since I was 18 and he is passionate about so many things. So I've been watching him full of jealousy, just like pursue all of these different passions. Um, so when I went to school, I was like, well, I'll, I'll do accounting because that seems like a secure, safe option. Mm -hmm. um, but was like, oh, I don't want to be a CPA. That sounds boring. And I, that's not what I want to do. So I went to school for accounting, um, went into private accounting, um, right out of school and never did public accounting. Um, and then eventually was like, you know what? I really like this. I like, I love this job. I love the work that I'm doing. Um, I want to find the piece that fits into like what I'm passionate about. So I've been on this journey for like five years, trying to decide what is my passion and trying to like really get to know myself really um, better so that I could be more satisfied in my work. And the thing that I realized was that um, growing up, my parents taught us great money skills and instilled really great um, knowledge for us, but that's not something that everyone experiences. And um, kind of meeting more people and realizing that this was a bit of a unique situation, um, I decided to start helping some family and friends with their money. And watching their transformation was just like amazing and totally eye-opening. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like something that I am passionate about and I could see myself doing. Um, so I decided to start a business doing it. And I joined a network of other coaches who were doing um, kind of the same things so that I could learn from them as well. And just sort of stemmed from there. It's been a really fun journey. <laughs> That's so cool. I commend you on that journey. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, if you ask people what I do as like a, you know, mortgage expert, they think I just punch calculators all day and all that. That is so far connected from what I actually love about what I do. And that's helping people and changing their lives yeah. and watching the generations ahead, the power of buying a home and that experience of being the person responsible for getting to them to that place. Because I remember the feeling that I had, and that's what I connect to when I bought my first home, I was literally in tears driving down the street. So if I can <laughs> provide that for more people then by all means. Um, so Cherry, let's talk about your industry. What's currently happening in your industry? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm not exactly in like the big kind of coaching field in terms of most people that I see, like when I look at advertisements and I'm on LinkedIn and stuff, I see people that do, you know, coaching for leaders or businesses or uh, executives, that kind of thing. And my, my, type of coaching is more about people's everyday life, where they live, 
their sense of satisfaction in their lives, um, connecting them to their, their passion, to helping them live a life of purpose. And um, sometimes that could be a young person who doesn't quite know, and they have lived their life, they've raised their family, they've done their job, and now, now who am I? Now that I'm not fulfilling those purposes anymore. And I, I love coming in and saying to them, now you get to decide what you want to do, not what you have to do, and connecting them to those things that kind of lit them up when they were younger, but they had to maybe put it on the back burner because they had to raise a family and get a job and, and that kind of thing. And so um, helping people find a sense of passion, uh, learning to love life, learning to overcome problems that they might have felt were insurmountable um, before they had somebody to kind of walk that journey with them. That's mm -hmm. what I love. And I don't know that I can say that that's a, that's a, um, a trend in coaching, but that's the reason I got involved in it. And that's why I love doing what I do. Great answer. I love that. And I think COVID has actually pushed people out of their boxes to realize it's like a life check where it's like, whoa, wait a second. Like things are real and I'm stuck in this, you know, lane, let's call it. And it kind of, for a lot of people, pushed them out of that lane and decided they want to make some changes in life, which I love to see. What about you, Vanessa? What's currently happening in your industry? There's a lot happening in the financial space <laughs> as far as uh, in the last year, especially, but I think there's kind of this trend towards um, taking a little bit more control of your money and being more prepared, understanding that $1,000 is not an emergency fund. That's just not going to, I mean, last year when people were losing their jobs, how long does that last you? Two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people are just trying to um, be a little bit more prepared, find things that they can do to make money on the side, get rid of debt, do what they can to set themselves up for better future. So that if this were to happen again, which I pray this never happens again, but if it were, people are a little bit more prepared. I also think um, I focus on um, empowering women and educating women. And that's mm -hmm. kind of a new area where I think a lot of women are trying to jump in and say, I want to join this conversation and I want to be more involved. That's awesome. You know, it's funny today is uh, I'm rolling solo. Tina's so women power and like I'm always the <laughs> only guy on the show. So it's ironic that, you know, you focus on women and she's not here today. Um, <laughs> Cherry, what do you love most about what you do? If you had to if you had to pick one thing, what is the thing you love most? I, I think one thing that really stands out to me is when I first start working with a person, the sound of their voice is often kind of flat. Uh, lack of affect, lack of joy in the sound mm -hmm. of their voice. And after I've had a few opportunities to have some sessions coaching with them and they follow through with maybe some of the suggestions, the little homework assignments I've given them. The thing that is so exciting to me is when I first pick up that phone when we're getting ready to have a session and the sound of their voice is so different than it was from that first call. I can hear in the tone of their voice that their life has gotten uh, more full of passion, that they're happier, that they're more joyful, that they're looking forward to things instead of just kind of dreading getting up in the morning. That is what brings me joy in doing what I do. Gotcha. I hate to say this, Vanessa, we're already out of time, but I want to get a That's quick fine. one, the quickest one about what you love uh, about what you do. Um, I love seeing the transformation and the confidence that my clients see after they can see that they can take control of their finances and set goals and reach them and, and, just their growth. 
That's awesome. Super powerful, short and sweet. I love it. <laughs> uh, come and thank you guys so much for this panel conversation. This was awesome. I love these for that reason. We get to know you on that personal side a little bit. Uh, coming up next on the Money Hour, Active Transformations uh, offers personal coaching in pursuit of purpose, passion and potential with Terry O'Neill of Active Transformations right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Eating disorders, low self-esteem, parenting challenges, moving from being your child's manager to being their coach or consultant, navigating life after kids and career. These are all issues that Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformation has experienced herself and can help you come through successfully. As a certified transformational coach, Cherry has 10 years of experience, but she's also raised five children of her own written a New York Times bestseller about her recovery from anorexia and bulimia, and has served as a passionate volunteer for youth in her school district and her faith community for decades. If you feel stuck in your life journey, challenged by the ups and downs of parenting, threatened by negative self-talk and body image, or are just ready to make a change, but you are not sure you can do it alone, contact Cherry. She wants to help you make an active transformation. Visit active-transformation.com. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 8th show. You can also listen to our podcast or Facebook premiere show. I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey, rolling solo today. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Cherry O'Neill of Active Transformations, LLC. Active Transformations offers personal coaching in pursuit of purpose, passion, and potential right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So <laughs> let's start out this, Cherry. Um, give us a little bit of history on what roles you played in your life other than a professional coach. Well, you mentioned earlier that I am the daughter of an entertainer who was very popular in his day. He's still kind of a legend. He was very popular around the time of Elvis, a little bit before Elvis Presley. They kind of had a rivalry. You know, um, my dad was the one that was parentally approved. The, the parents liked my dad. They weren't so crazy about Elvis. They thought he was dangerous and rebellious. I used to t <laughs> describe to my kids, I said, it's kind of like today, um, Justin Timberlake and Eminem. It's like Justin Timberlake was like my dad and Eminem was like Elvis Presley. So <laughs> if you can imagine that comparison. So I, I grew up with a, a dad who was in entertainment and um, we started performing with him when I was about 13 years old. Uh, it was a way to keep four daughters uh, in my dad's view, you know, to travel with him and perform with him on stage. 
And we absolutely loved it. My mom had taught us how to sing close-knit harmonies because she had quite an ear for music growing up in a musical family herself. And um, so we performed and sang together for eight or 10 years. We recorded some albums. Uh, one was nominated for a Grammy in the gospel category. And then of course my sister took off and had her solo career. And I ended up getting married, but in the process of working through the singing and performing, I also developed an eating disorder that was very serious, but it was a time, it was at a time when people didn't know what anorexia and bulimia were. So I was fighting kind of an unknown enemy and not even realizing that there was anything particularly wrong with me trying to take control of my body and be thin and exercise and all of that stuff, because I grew up in the time of Twiggy and Cher and thin was in and, you know, thinner was better and thinnest was best. And that was kind of what I set out to try to, to um, achieve in my life. But the, the insidious thing about an eating disorder is that you set out to control your own body and your own life. And it turns around and ends up kind of taking control of you. It becomes a compulsive, addictive type of behavior. So I struggled with that during the early years of, uh, well, during the performing with my family. And then when I got married for a few years after that, until I sought professional help, that moved us up from California up to Washington state and uh, didn't think I'd ever be able to have kids, but uh, I am a person of faith and really relied on that in my recovery and ended up not just having one uh, miracle uh, child, but ended up having five. So wow. to me, that was that was a testament to the fact that my body had been had been healed from the disorder that I had struggled with. And in my own struggles with with facing um, an eating disorder and trying to recover from that, I gained a lot of spiritual and psychological muscles that a lot of people don't get a chance to develop when they don't have to work through those kinds of things. And it taught me a lot of empathy and compassion for other people when they go through difficult times. I was able to use that with my own kids as they were growing up. I got involved in their schools. I was a volunteer at PTSA at three different schools at one time because my kids were spread out over 11 years. So I had, at one point, I had five kids in four different schools. So wow. that was a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> but I, I got involved in the, the special needs committee and, and uh, I, de I developed a um, a program for the junior high level called Data Week, was, which stood for Drug, Alcohol, and Tobacco Awareness Week, because I had mm -hmm. seen that some of my kids were being tempted and, and falling into some of, the, some of the traps in that regard, and started a parent networking group, um, put together a big event that involved two uh, neighboring school districts to bring in a speaker and, and have a weekend of, of events for, for this speaker and her book tour. Uh, I just found ways to turn my experiences that were challenging into ways that I might be able to help other people. And when my youngest daughter was involved in the boarding school that we had chosen to send her to and the opportunity to learn about coaching came up, I thought, this is a great thing to be able to help people. I can learn some skills that I might be able to employ in doing the work that I do with youth groups at church and with young people in the uh, junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was a great opportunity, not only to learn those things, but to realize that I could actually move towards starting my own business. And so I, you know, went from being a singer and performer to being a mother, to being a, a kind of a professional volunteer to mm -hmm. starting my own business. And I've been doing this now for 10 years. 
absolutely love it. I love helping people. And one of the things that I try to do when I'm working with people is to help connect them with things that they're passionate about and to kind of step outside of the box and take risks. So I decided I needed to um, walk my talk. And I had always been fascinated mm-hmm. with uh, acting and storytelling. And so in recent years, I started doing a little bit of acting and have worked with an agency and have done a few commercials and a couple of small uh, uh short independent films and taken a lot of acting classes and improv uh, uh, scenarios and and loving that too. So I have the part of me that's connecting with the passion that I have on the side, but also the the business of helping other people with coaching. That is so cool. I can imagine you, I mean, growing up in that life, it's got to be a bit of a pressure cooker. There's a lot of pressures on you. And I imagine it escalates everything. Um, When I was a kid, my mom got me into modeling and I did not like it, even like a taste of it. You know, I was a soccer player and that's all there was to it. Like stand here, do this, you know, pose like this, you know, and uh, you got people doting all over you. I didn't like it at all. So I I took a left, but I can imagine that could get to you at some point. Um, So is coaching currently, is this your full-time job now? Um, I would say I always designed it to be kind of a part-time thing because I do have a life. I have three grandchildren with another one on the way. And so I want to be available to help out with when my kids need a little help with babysitting or whatever. Um, And I also want to have time for my passions. So it's always been designed to be kind of a part-time or half-time job, Mm -hmm. but um, I put full-time energy into it. That's for sure. I take it very seriously. Well, having a baby on last Saturday, the 24th, I could tell you we could need all the help we could get. Quite frankly, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work. I sleep. I, I think that all the, I don't want adrenaline is worn off now. And now I'm like, wow, <laughs> I am tired. So hence why my reading is not on par today. Um, because I sleep like three hours a night, maybe, but I wouldn't change it. I love it. And congratulations on having a new one in the family. So um, how have you had to pivot as a result of this pandemic? And I know a lot of people have, and we talked to business owners, and it's always interesting to see what this has meant for their business. And it's shocking a lot of times to see it actually has improved their business when they decided to pivot. You know, that is absolutely true. For me, I was fortunate in that when I was taking my, my, when I was in the coaching academy and learning how to do coaching, one of the things that they had us do was they said, we want you to start working with quote, guinea pig clients, right? So we want you to, you know, connect with at least six people out there, but you can't use family and you can't use friends. And I'm thinking I've been a stay at home mom for 30 years. I don't know anybody that isn't family or friends. (laughs) So I just kind of put it out there on Facebook. And because of growing up in a public family, I've always, you know, known that people have reached out to me if they read my book or if they saw us sing or had our records or whatever. Um, they reach out to me because they, they feel like they know me. And even mm. though they're not really my friend because I haven't met them in person, I still accept them as my friend on Facebook. And so I just put it out there on Facebook. And within a couple of days, I had 14 people that had volunteered to be my guinea pig. Wow. <laughs> and so I selected six people to start working with. And Um, all of that was not local. It was all Mm -hmm. done by phone. And so I learned coaching by talking to people on the phone and then at at the time Skype or FaceTime or whatever, uh, that was just felt very natural to me. So 
saying to pivot really doesn't feel like it's that much different for me. I was doing it all along. I was doing phone coaching. I was doing Skype then now Zoom uh, or just phone calls. And so it's just kind of been a continuation of what I started with, although I have done in-person coaching and continue to, uh, you know, not necessarily in the last several months, but will as people are vaccinated and the, the, um, the shutdown ends and we're able to get back to normal. But um, so for me, it wasn't so much of a pivot, but what did happen was more and more people started reaching out for help. I think people have felt more depression and more anxiety and have been reaching out for ways to cope. And so I've actually had more clients since the pandemic started reaching out to me than before I had. And I'm not saying that I'm grateful for the pandemic, but I am grateful that people realize that there are uh, places they can go if they need help, if they need to connect with someone who's more than willing to offer you know, advice, support, uh, suggestions. My, as a coach, I don't tell people what to do, but I ask questions and I help them shift their perspective. So it's kind of like a kaleidoscope in the sense that you have the same materials that you're working with, but mm -hmm. if you look at it a little bit differently, the whole picture changes. And yeah. I've had a lot of people that have had those aha moments when we've been working together and they realize, okay, there are some things I can control and I can change and there's some things I can't. So let's look at the things I can change and control and let's move them in a more positive direction that makes me feel more fulfilled and purposeful. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with this it and how people have reacted mentally to this, the mental effect of COVID, you know, it's the fight or flight and some people have been okay, but it's really exposed a lot of people to themselves because they don't have anything else to hide behind. <laughs> and it's interesting. There's a great video called the great awakening. And it's this guy reading this kid, a story about it. And I suggest everybody go check it out because it's this positive take on COVID and I love it. Uh, and it's, it's just about that. So what an awesome thing that you're doing to help people. Um, how would you say that your coaching is different from counseling or therapy, Cherry? Well, one of the things that I think that makes my experience working with clients different is that I feel perfectly comfortable sharing my own life lessons and the things that I've been through. My life is an open book. Um, you mentioned at the beginning that I did write a book about my struggles with anorexia and bulimia. I was brutally honest about what that experience was like for me. And so I've always felt that it's much more valuable to be vulnerable and open and honest about the struggles that you go through, because first of all, it connects us with other people, with what other people are going through. It makes us feel more human, more um, like we have those things in common. And if somebody has walked a little further down the road that you're on and has been able to overcome some of the hurdles themselves in their own life, or can tell you what, what potholes to avoid, then that can be a really valuable thing. And so I think the fact that I can share from my own life makes me different from a therapist or counselor because that's typically not the kind of thing that a therapist or counselor does. I'm not you know, just downloading on people all the time about my life, but if something comes up that I feel might be helpful, I'll ask if they, you know, if, if it's okay with them if I share from my experience. And I let them know too that if they have any questions that they wanna ask about me and about my life, my experiences that I'm more than happy to answer. And like I said, I don't tell people what to do. I don't um, you know, give them answers. I mainly ask a lot of questions 
and mm-hmm. try to help them see things in a different light, shift their perspective and help them just come up with some strategies of how they can accomplish the things that they have set as the goals that they would like to uh, achieve. I love so that. that. Well, Terry, I hate to say it. We're out of time already. How valuable what you provide to everybody is as far as coaches, I've had coaches my whole life and I will never ever have a coach that hasn't done it themselves because it's one thing <laughs> to be on the sidelines cheering people on. It's another thing to be in the game and having people persevere through that. That makes you such a powerful resource for people to help people. So thank you so much, Terry, for uh, being on our show. Of course. Thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, do you have a financial coach in your circle with Vanessa Lindenberger of Mindfully Smart Finance right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Do you feel like you make decent money but still feel behind in your finances? Are you unsure you're doing the things necessary to be financially secure for the future? As a financial coach, Vanessa Linenberger works with you to gain clarity on your current financial status and set goals to set you up for success in the future. You'll be guided through the process to financial peace so you can live a life free of financial overwhelm. With years of financial experience and her background as a CPA, Vanessa can provide you with solid financial guidance and accountability to achieve your goals. If you'd like to see if coaching is a good fit for you, email Vanessa at mindfullysmartfinance.com or feel free to reach out to her on Instagram. It's at Vanessa Linenberger. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 8th show. You can listen, also listen to our podcast on Facebook Premiere Show. I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey, still riding solo. Tina's partying somewhere else out of town, but God bless her. She deserves it. We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in local market uh, on everything money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, Vanessa Lindenberg of Mindfully Smart Finance. Do you have a financial coach in your circle right here on 1150 AM KKNW? See, Vanessa, that's the three hours of sleep in me. It's really tough. I'm struggling on just the small tasks. So uh, bear with (laughs) me here. We're going to get there eventually. Um, but starting out, Vanessa, um, let's just, I, I just want to be curious on, on what is a financial coach? Cause I'm sure there's plenty of definitions out there. Yeah, there's, um, a lot of financial coaching. Isn't something that a lot of people are aware of, or even know that it exists. Everyone knows what a financial advisor is, a CPA, a bookkeeper. Um, but coaching is, uh, somewhat new. And I think a lot of people are realizing that, um, it's something that they need. So a lack of financial security and excess com- and, and success comes from low financial literacy and kind of like a, what I was saying before, unless you have parents who are teaching it to you, um, it's not something that's really taught in schools. So it's just not something that a lot of people, um, have the opportunity to learn about. So it sets a lot of people back and makes them leaves them 
living paycheck to paycheck when they really don't need to be. Um, and financial coaching can come in and kind of fill that knowledge gap, provide them with some tools and knowledge, um, help them set some goals. And kind of like what Cherry was saying, asking a lot of questions because people don't really know where to even really begin or what directions to go. So kind of providing that guidance for them so that they can um, make their money work more for them and um, they can get further in life so that they're not stressed out about money all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, Vanessa, it bugs me so much to think that no matter where you get your education, they just skip like balancing checkbooks, like the 101s, <laughs> credit, like credit's kind of important. I think more important yeah. than how to multiply even, I would say. So we got yeah. calculators. I mean, eh, maybe that's a bad analogy, but the point is it's super <laughs> important and it's gone. So it's so important what you're doing to help people. And I think a lot of times they overthink it, you know, and they're trying mm -hmm. to think about how they retire when really they just need to start from the basics and build up to that. So what a fantastic- yes service that you offer. So what's your background and how did you begin uh, this financial coaching journey? Yeah, so I um, have worked in corporate accounting for the last 10 years and I have my CPA. Um, and kind of like what I was saying before is I really like this um, work, but it was just not quite as satisfying. And I wanted to be able to use this skill and knowledge that I've gained to help other people. Um, so through helping some family and friends, I realized that this is a really great opportunity. And then um, sort of just started Googling like different things that I could be doing and stumbled across financial coaching. Cause even me as an accountant and CPA, I didn't know that it was a thing. And um, so I joined up with some other financial coaches. It's a network of coaches across the country called coach connections. And through them, I was able to kind of leverage all of their um, decades of experience and um, knowledge and setting up some really great processes and systems so that I could jump right in and help my clients even faster. Well, and fun fact about me, Vanessa, I actually was a financial advisor for a Fortune 100 company for five years. And I'll nice. tell you in my business, something that was completely skipped for especially those that didn't want to deal with it is just the, the personal finance piece. That 101 piece is gone. So you take people, some of these guys are taking people in their offices and saying, how much money do you want to invest without even having an understanding of, of where their finances are? You know, I, I wasn't that way. You know, emergency savings and things were important to me, not lying my pockets with people's money. It's not about getting paid. It's about helping people. And it's always been my mission. Uh, but that piece is completely skipped. And a lot of people don't realize it. So it's huge to come see Vanessa, get your ducks in a row, and then go see a financial advisor who can put some investments after you've already trained your brain to get on that correct path. So could you elaborate on that, Vanessa? What is, in your opinion, the difference between a, a financial coach and a financial advisor? Yes, exactly. Everything you just said. And I love that you picked that up like in this short amount of time, because a lot of people have a hard time, maybe because you're an advisor. So it's a little bit easier, um, but they do have a hard time understanding what the difference is. And, um, and that is exactly what it is. Like I'm going to be advisors want to help people. And I don't think the majority of them are trying to um, sell you something you don't need. However, their time and their efficiency um, it's just not set up to help them create a budget or help them set goals or other things outside of um, the products that they might sell. So while you might find a really great advisor who will sit down and take that time with you, um, not a lot of them do because it's just not a good use of their time. So being able to hire a coach to work with you, getting all of the basics set up, helping you 
um, think about what you really want your life to look like and um, work towards aligning your spending with your goals. I'm huge on intentional spending. I feel like a lot of people think that they can't afford things, but they really can. It's just that they go to the store and they're like, oh, I'm at Target and I don't really need anything. But 20 minutes later, I left with, you know, a cart full of things and spent $250. Like, that never happened to me. <laughs> so I think it's just a lot about like being more cognizant of where your money is going and making sure that you, um, your spending aligns with your goals and values. I love that. You, I think you hit on the head with the time. That's the main thing with financial advisors. There's a lot that they need to do. And it's a lot of time for what you do. And actually the majority of the yeah. lifting, the investing part's easy. It's like, what's your risk tolerance? Fill this out. Here's where we can diversify your portfolio. A lot of the heavy lifting you're doing, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so what, um, what are the benefits of a coach specifically? And you refer to as a financial coach, which is very important, I think, and something we should share with our listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different um, coaches, but um, as a financial coach, I'm going to focus on your finances. Um, and there's a lot of different benefits of working with a financial coach. You're going to receive a wealth of knowledge and um, different tools to help you reach your goals. But that one-on-one -on -one guidance is um, the biggest thing because you can definitely read books and take courses and learn everything on your own. But if you want that one-on-one -on -one and, and experience and being able to have someone really tailor your needs, um, that's where it's going to be great to have a coach. Um, the other piece of it is accountability. So setting goals and knowing what you need to do is one thing, but then actually following through and sticking to it is so hard. So having that person that is a third party, first of all, because if I'm working with um, couples, a lot of times there's a lot of emotion and um, trying to work through these things together. I'm coming in as an outside person who's not emotionally invested in whatever decisions that they choose. So I can guide them through the process, hold them accountable to whatever decisions that they um, decide to come to, whatever decisions they come to and yeah. help them reach their goal. That's awesome. That could be like a safe place for people where because money exactly. is like, I don't know what, where it falls on the list of divorce, but I know it's up there oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and to solve that problem where you can have a third party. Cause you know, I think it just comes back to communication and between the people on such an emotional subject. So to have somebody in the middle as a mediator to get both exactly. sides. And I also love how you, it's not a negative thing. Like some people think about saving money. I'm going to suffer, right? It's like a diet. I'm going to starve to death. That's not the case. Like, in fact, you could find more money than you ever had before if you dig and are intentional about where you spend it. And that's where you come in to help these people. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of like uh, stigma. I don't, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but like people hate the word budget. Like you say budget and they just yeah. shut down. Yeah. So I try to call yeah. it a spending plan, but it's, I mean, because spending plan kind of um, gives you this feeling of like, oh, I'm going to plan out where I'm spending my money. And that's what you're doing. Um, and I'm huge on like, like I said, intentional spending and your money is your money. Like how you spend it is up to you. So if your goal is to buy a house and we're working towards that goal, great, let's do that. But if you are like, nope, I want to rent and I want to travel the world, then great, let's do that. Like, I don't feel like there is, um, there's obviously some things that you should and shouldn't do. You should have an emergency fund. You should be um, preparing yourself for retirement and your future. Um, but there are a lot of things that, just because your friend is doing it doesn't mean you need to be doing it. Your financial journey is your own. 
I love that. A lot of people just sit there and suffer, you know, and the reality is if you plan, you could have like an escalated life. That's so much better for you rather than just kind of dealing with it as it comes. It's like the ship without the rudder. I mean, if you don't have a goal or a direction, what are you going to do? You need a plan for everything in life. I wouldn't be where I am today. If I didn't have some goals, I would just be, who knows what I'd be doing (laughs) at this point. So uh, what is there a specific type of client you work with Vanessa? So I um, work mostly with people who make decent money, but still feel like they aren't getting ahead. So um, they have maybe been working in their career. Initially, when I started the business, I was focused on people who had, were just getting started in their career, maybe the first, you know, five years or less. And they were like, oh, now I have money and I need to figure out what I want to do with it. But Mm -hmm. now that I've been working the business, I'm realizing what actually happens is people have been working for 10 or 15 years. Now their kids are a little bit more older and they've got some cycles to actually spend on other things. And they're like, oh, I'm 45 and I don't actually have any idea if I'm set up for retirement or not. So I work with those people who are um, wanting to make sure that they're doing the things that they should be doing now so that when they retire, they can retire and um, they aren't having to work until they're 80. (laughs) Yeah, I did that on a money chat once and did the math about like the earlier you start, how big of a difference it makes with compound interest. So oh, don't, gosh, bury, yeah. don't bury your head, people like attack it now because it'll be so much easier than waiting. Yeah. And we see a lot of income creep in our business where people make more money and then get in more debt. And like I have people that make $50,000 a year that have more money than people that make $200,000 a year. It's shocking, (laughs) but this really happens. So more reason to talk to you and get a plan in place. Uh, So what does working with a financial coach actually look like, Vanessa, as far as a process? Yeah, so I do a, a, first I do a consultation with everyone that I meet with first to make sure that it's a good fit on both sides. They need to feel comfortable with me. And I also wanna make sure that they are in a place to actually Um, receive coaching and um, make the changes that need to be made. And then from there, it's a three month, uh, I work with personal finance clients. And then I also do small business today. I'm more focusing on personal finance. So working with those individuals or couples, um, I work with them for three months and the people that I've worked with, it feels like after three months, they really get a handle on everything and they're really kind of getting in the groove. So then after that, they can chew we can meet as often as they want. If they feel like they need more handholding after that, I can continue meeting with with them every other week. But most of them, it's either quarterly or monthly. I love that. And don't forget you're a CPA too. We can't forget that part. That's a big deal. So you got all of it covered for everybody. That's that's not a small piece to jump over because CPAs are extremely important in life. Let me tell you. Um, Unfortunately, we're down to one minute, Vanessa. So before we go, I'm going to leave you with one last question. What kind of successes have your past clients seen? Where have you seen your successes? If you have any stories or anything specific you want to share. Yeah. So my clients have gained an immense amount of confidence in their financial knowledge and going from feeling anxious and overwhelmed to feeling empowered and in control. So in one situation, I had a client who was like, I don't know that, you know, my husband's changing jobs and I don't know if we're going to be able to afford where we live. Um, And we kind of sat down and ran the numbers and organized their finances and um, prioritized what was really important. And in a few months, they were actually, they moved and they actually bought a house. So it just goes to show that you have more than you you probably have more than you really think. Yeah. People don't realize when you focus on something like that, you can get it done. You're amazing. You're empowered. Get out there and you can make things happen. Just come up with a plan and get some help. It's okay to get some help sometimes people. So, well, 
Thank you so much, Vanessa, for joining us on the show. It's been fantastic. We're going to have you back. Cherry, we're going to have you back as well. Thank you both for coming. Thank, Thank you. you. And this is your co-host, Keelan Harvey, your local mortgage expert, signing off of the day. Enjoy your Saturday, and we look forward to talking more money with you next week right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.